0: 5AA Mornings with Matthew Pantelis. Hi, news on 5AA coming up in around 24 minutes' time, but uh, as we do on a Monday morning here on 5AA, state of our state. And today we're looking at Palliative Care Week, which gets underway. In fact, it started yesterday, runs right through the week. Uh, on the line we've got Dr Peter Allcroft, who is Senior Staff Specialist at the Southern Adelaide Palliative Services as part of the Local Health Network. And here in the studio, Catherine hurigan who is co-lead of the Statewide Palliative Palliative Care Clinical Network. Good morning to you both.
1: Good morning, Matthew. It's lovely to be here.
0: Thank you, Catherine and uh, and Peter, you too. Um, tell me, Peter, let's start with you. Palliative care, uh, what are we talking about there? Just give us a definition.
2: I guess palliative care is a word uh, that people don't like to hear. Uh, it strikes fear into them. But what we aim to do is to improve the quality of life of patients and their families who have a life-limiting illness. And that may be physical symptoms, uh, that might be psychological symptoms, but we do that in collaboration with their general practitioner or their specialist clinician who's looking after them. So it's really a philosophy of care.
0: All right. Uh, This year's theme of Palliative Care Week, Matters of Life and Death, Shining a Light on the People at the Heart of Quality Palliative Care, Workforce and and Volunteers. Catherine, uh, you work with with a lot of people in this regard. Tell me more about the Statewide Palliative Care Clinical Network.
1: Thank you, Matthew. The Statewide Palliative Care Clinical Network, it's it's quite a a mouthful, so I'll just refer to it as the network. And... It's a newly formed network that is part of the Centre on Excellence and Innovation in Health that is the lead agency on looking for innovative ways in improving healthcare services to all South Australians, um, looking after their safety and wellbeing. Within palliative care, taking on with what peter has said Mm. with the philosophy of care there are a group of um, clinicians general practitioners nurses um, pharmacists scientists um, academics um, non-government agencies aged care um, um, the Department of Health and Wellbeing, the local health networks and the Rural Support Service all join with us in looking at what can be the best possible palliative care services in South Australia. Mm-hmm. That's our, our goal, um, and our focus. Uh, that, so, you know, taking that philosophy, um, into account, we aim to improve palliative care from a patient perspective.
0: Right. Why is good palliative care important, Peter?
2: Um, Matthew, thank you. It's it's important because actually we can improve quality of life. Mm. We actually can help keep people at home or in a place of their choosing, aiming to keep them out of an acute care facility. Um, It actually helps them to live longer in many occasions and actually, by investing in the community with palliative care, it actually is cheaper than having someone in an acute care hospital. So, it's important for their quality of life to help maintain people at home.
0: Yeah, so obviously being in in their home, uh, surrounded by the space they they know and uh, love and people around them too, uh, very important, Peter.
2: They are really Mm. important aspects of how it is to die Mm. well. And Uh, the way that someone dies leaves that legacy. And so by being involved with a palliative care team, we actually look after not just the patient, but their caregivers as well. And sometimes as someone's illness progresses, whilst we might say, I want to die at home, as things change, they actually say, I'd like to be in the hospice, that's Mm -hmm. a safe space for me. And that's still a good marker of an outcome because... That's where they
0: wished to be when they died. Yeah, yeah, Catherine, what are some of the key work the network's been involved in with palliative care? Palliative care.
1: Yeah. W- um, I've been the consumer representative within palliative care, so it's been uh, a new voice uh, within the network. Mm. And focusing in on, again, the patient perspective um, over the... Um, Um, Last several years they developed a strategic framework identifying where the growth within palliative care will come. We've got an ageing population uh, and also medical care is just so good. Um, People are living for longer periods of time as well, but you may be living with a life-limiting illness at some point um, in that journey as well, so focusing in on on the increasing numbers needing palliative care, um, work has been undertaken with that, looking at um, the increase of nurse, nursing within our rural communities, so we can increase equity of of care within the rural communities. That was a government um, commitment, and seven palliative care nurses have been appointed to within the rural rural community and of course there's lots more that can be mm. done um, but we're actively working in um, this field another area that um, Peter and I are working with within the network we there are other clinical leads for example in virtual and urgent care with um, genomics, pain management, oncology, cancer, uh, surgical and also cardiac care and also with youth and adolescents who also have palliative care needs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and through that, through you know, having that association and that working relationship with the leads, we're able to share information with one another and we're able to um, look at some of the new initiatives. How can virtual care, for example, support people in rural communities? How can virtual care support the power addicts who are at the workplace? So... There's always, there's uh, lots being done, but there's also lots more to be done as well.
2: And Matthew, if I can add to that, because Catherine summarised that well, the the telemedicine has been a boon for our rural patients, but equally the the funding that's come to allow us as doctors and nurses to have face-to-face care for people at home, if need be, seven days a week. Mm. Um, That seven-day funding uh, to be able to, see someone at home on a weekend, if needs be, has been important, and 24-hour phone call support to a specialist palliative care service, 24-hour lines for our GPs to Mm. ring specialist palliative care, and also the, the funding and the support, we work closely with the ambulance service, and you can have an extended care paramedic at someone's home in the metro or the rural region and they can speak to me as the doctor on call at whatever time of day to seek extra advice on how to manage that person yeah. and more recently some funding for community pharmacists and end-of-life care and the supply of those routine medications that are sometimes a bit hard to get after hours so there's a, there's lots going and there's still more to be done <laughs>
0: Peter, if if someone has a life-threatening illness and they're exploring options or or a relative, where can they go?
2: So I think always their general practitioner would be their first port of call Mm. uh, because good primary palliative care can be done with their GP and the GPs are doing so much of this already. Equally, it may be their heart failure doctor or their lung doctor that's looking after them, Mm. but they can also ring to, through to one of the specialist palliative care services that are available, um, and we have triage nurses who may then help to redirect or take that call directly. But their GPs, their specialist that's looking after them, or they can ring a specialist palliative care service and say, I need help yeah. and uh, if that patient rang us directly we would always talk to them plus ask can we talk to your GP and engage them as well because our GPs are critical to providing that co-management, that shared care uh, Mm -hmm. between us as a specialist palliative care service and the primary care and the GP. Uh, Catherine, the
0: um, network, the palliative care network, obviously collaborative, and I imagine that's what works best, is collaboration with different... um, providers and the sector?
1: Well, I, I think so. Mm. Um, being the new voice, the consumer uh, lead voice uh, within the network, I have found um, that my voice has been listened to, and of course, I'm just an ordinary person. And, you know, you think about palliative care and death and dying, and also, all of the emotional needs, um, you know, not only the physical needs that are required, but also, you know, people's beliefs and values, mm. their spiritual um, beliefs, which are not necessarily faith-based, but what's important to them. So, working across... All of the, the clinical areas within aged care, um, within the non-government agencies, with the universities, um, Peter and I are, are currently working with, um, a grant funding that has been provided by the Hospital Research Foundation, um, to the three universities, Adelaide, Flinders and the Uni USA, hmm. and looking at the provision of palliative care services to the culturally and linguistically diverse right. people. So we we're, we're working across disciplined all people sort of having a similar pa- passion and a similar drive yeah. to ensure that palliative care services reach out. So, yes, I think collaboration has been fundamentally important and I feel that my voice has been really valued and respected and they've mm. spoken to me in a way. You know, medical language, um, you know, they can have, um, what would you say, their... Um, well, it's its own language, and you can feel very alienated if you don't mm. really understand what's happening. And so they've managed to always um, describe things to me in a way that a layperson can understand. And I've observed not only that respect towards me, but to one another yeah. as well within the workplace, caring and supporting one another.
2: That's
0: great. Peter can I just ask you and, and I would I have no perspective on this whatsoever but you uh, in, in helping people and working closely with people who are dying what matters most to them at that stage?
2: Uh, it, it obviously is very personal to each person but if mm. you looked at as a group the things that are important is to have choice, to have information to to have people around you that you uh, are important—be that your friends, your family, your your children—to yeah. have clinicians, nurses, and doctors that you have trust and faith in—and yeah. those are all existential type concerns. But then also to have physical symptoms relieved—that mm-hmm. could be breathlessness, that could be pain—but uh, uh, really having. In- information, having people around you that are important Mm. and being in a place of your choosing are the real features that might help someone die well. Well,
0: What do people fear most, Catherine, in your experience about dying?
1: Well, I think for me, it's the unknown. Mm. And within our uh, culture, death and dying is not something that is really spoken about freely. It's a really it's a taboo topic Mm -hmm. and I think you know we can go through life thinking well that's not going to happen to me or to my loved ones thank you very much you know it'll be other people but surely as um, night follows day Mm. we will all face death at some point in time and so I think actually uh, the first thing is actually to open up the conversation about death and dying to uh, try and overcome the fear and the barrier Mm -hmm. of that Mm -hmm. from a planning point of view I think it's a way of relieving some of the anxiety about dying is to actually develop what they call an advanced care directive right. where people can uh, write and express their wishes, their medical care that they would like to receive, mm. living arrangements, nominating one or two trusted people who can be your voice should you not be able to do so yeah. at the end. So the the the... um Um, you know the more if you've got time to prepare and plan uh, with that Uh, and then of course Peter then I'll ask him to speak to actually the fear of dying I have asked him that question Mm. myself because I was curious um, at some point you know wanting to know what that process was and I think he he gave a beautiful explanation to me and so I think rather than me rehashing what he said Peter (laughs) I wonder if you could do that.
2: Well, I can do. Thanks, Catherine. I guess one of the things people ask, how do I die? What happens? And a lot of it is really like their battery just running out of strength. Little bit by little bit, increasingly becoming more tired, more sleepy, uh, less interested in what's going on, not hungry, not chasing food. They lose their appetite and mm. sleep more. They might awake and see, oh, you know, my children are here, but then drift off comfortable knowing that people are there. So mm-hmm. it's really a process of slowing down everything, just being more tired, be that physical or mental tiredness. Mm-hmm. And what we do as a palliative care team, our doctors, our nurses will provide that support, be that physical or spiritual, to help. Go that journey to be present with you while that's happening mm. and many times that's happening at home uh, for many of our patients but that might be in the hospice or in an acute hospital setting as well
0: yeah, there we are. All right. I need to take a break. Stay with us. We are talking about palliative care. It is Palliative Care Week this week. Dr. Peter Allcroft on the line, who is uh with the uh, senior staff specialist at Southern Adelaide Palliative Services, and also in the studio, Catherine Hurigan, a consumer advocate and community leader with a passion for improving health care. We'll be back with both right after these words. Want to win a thousand bucks for your footy club? Why not? All season, we're looking for Adelaide Footy League sharpshooters to take on five double A's Kick for Cash. Across the year as part of Nine News Live at your club, we'll head out to a bunch of clubs, give some lucky kickers the chance to play for the cash. And if they can slot one into our wheelie bin, they'll score their club a cool and bucks. So make sure you listen to us from 4pm weeknights to find out where we are heading each Thursday night. Looking for your footy fix? Then get out and support your local team in the Adelaide Footy League, strengthening communities through footy. Hi, Callum Hand here, ambassador for Pickle. Local pick SA. South Australian citrus is now in season. Riverland grown mandarins, oranges limes, lemons, all bursting with flavour and can be found in your local fruit and veg store right now or why not try something new this season and grab a tangelo, caracara or blood orange, support our local growers and shopping stores displaying the red pick a local pick SA sign and follow us on Facebook for inspiration, recipes and more ways to enjoy South Australian grown Now you'd think that you can rely on a pest inspector to find and remove pests. Absolutely, they'd have to be able to find them and kill them. Well, unfortunately, there are some pest inspectors that can identify them, but they have to fob you off to another guy to kill them. Not so at Pest Inspect Australia. Pest Inspect Australia are not only licensed to carry out pest inspections, they can take care of all your pest control needs. They're licensed to find them and kill them. Go to pestinspectaustralia.com.au. Over 60,000 Adelaide homes have said yes to saving money on their energy bills with yes, your Energy Saving Solutions, Y-E-S-S. What is keeping you? If you're hoping to save money on heating this winter, your energy saving solutions can connect you with the SA government initiative called REPS. You might be eligible for a 2.6-kilowatt Rinnai system fully installed for only $699. Yes, $699. Did you know you might be eligible for a rebate on a new appliance like a dryer or a fridge? Just visit the Yes website for a list of appliances and the size of the cashback available. Even businesses can save with Yes, with rebates available on LED lighting upgrades for as little as $33. For T's and C's on this unbeatable offer from your energy saving solutions, go to yes.net.au. That's y e s s.net.au.
2: We open our doors to people we trust and care about And for over 85 years, South Australians have been opening their doors to Resthaven In turn, we've been opening doors to an easier, better life at home From personal care, to help with the shopping and social outings You'll welcome the care that Resthaven brings Breaking news at Beaumont's, Australia's newest range of hard flooring has arrived. Luxury vinyl, heavenly hybrid, stunning laminate and engineered timber. And right now, buy five square metres and get the next one free. For all your flooring needs, you'll be happy you chose Beaumont's. Hey, Siri. McGain.
0: Of course, McGain. Where should I get my hair done for Mum's birthday?
2: Easy. Studio 807 on Marion Road does stunning hair extensions.
0: Sounds amazing.
2: Yep. And grab your flat wine at the Gooby Goose at Happy Valley. Good call. Oh, and don't forget the Flurio milk from Raggy's Foodland in Brighton.
0: (sighs) Always looking after me, McGain.
2: McGain, massive supporters of local.
0: No wonder everywhere you look there's a sign popping up saying, sold by McGain, again. Matthew Pantelis on 5AA Mornings almost 15 degrees in the city 5 minutes to 12 o'clock Dr Peter Allcroft uh, on the line and uh, with him is Catherine Hurigan in the studio we're talking palliative care it is palliative care week i might just throw this out to both of you where can people go to find out more information and and the ways in which people can get involved this year
1: can i go first yeah. peter You can indeed. (laughs) Thank you, Peter. Um, National Palliative Care Mm. Week. Um, to commenced yesterday forward today there is the um, world premiere of a film Live the Life You Please mm. it's being shown in Parliament House Canberra today yeah. um 60 around the uh, 60 venues around Australia within South Australia there is a screening tonight 6:30 p.m. at the Regal Theatre okay. which is on Kensington Road yeah Kensington Park, and it's also being shown at the Marion uh, Cinema Complex. Right. And people can look um, there what okay. the various session times are. I would suggest that people actually call... Um, Palliative Care South Australia to just check the availability of tickets right. for tonight's um, premiere okay. launch of that movie. Terrific. Thank you.
0: Peter, any, any um, ways that uh, you'd, or what would you like to see happen, just briefly in the I, in the next minute, uh, in terms of uh, what we need to do with palliative care moving forward?
2: Yeah. Two things, I think, is uh, think about it, talk about it, don't be afraid to raise it this week and Mm. use this week to reflect uh, and pause and think about the patients, the families that we uh, help to look after and the healthcare professionals that have the courage and the compassion to do this work. And I and Catherine give our thanks to all of those healthcare professionals. But just to take time to pause and raise it as a topic to say, Mm. what if? What would be important to me? And this movie, Live the Like You Please, will raise questions for you to ask.
0: All right, terrific. Thank you both for your time today. Appreciate it. It's, it's
2: a pleasure. pleasure.
0: Thank you. Dr Peter Allcroft there from uh, the, the Southern Adelaide Palliative Services and uh, Catherine Hurigan, co-lead Statewide Palliative Care Clinical Network. That is it for me today. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, everyone. Catch you tomorrow at nine.